SFJ 4x4 Studios presents in my in my oversized four-wheel drive Jeep a Jeep podcast starring industry experts pure monosity what what <laughs> say that again with mad scientist Scott Brown use my drill press as a sort of lathe our host Neil Simpson if one light goes out they all go out filled with shenanigans we we are really professional with jeeps this is i speak jeep good morning afternoon evening wherever however you are joining us this is the i speak jeep podcast presented by sfj4x4.com simpson family jeeps and my name is neil you sure i am very sure very certain this morning and I am joined in studio. I'm pretty jazzed up. We've got some goodies to reveal I, to you. I'm, I'm jazzed up, and I'm also sad all at the same time. I'm a lot more exposed than I used to be. I can't hide behind my computer <laughs> yeah, anymore. No slouching. Uh, if you're if you're wearing a, a, a hoodie that you've we, spilled your breakfast on, we just need a lift yeah. kit. Well, all of our viewers are going to see it. Yeah, we need the, to do the, a lift kit for the for, hoodie with breakfast. Is actually more of a you thing than me. That's but true. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so anyways, I'm Jeff Shermani, the producer, uh, and that is... Mad Scientist Scott Brown. There we go. Oh. And, and we actually got through our introduction. Should we, should we talk it. about what we need a lift kit for? We should. Go ahead. Reveal to the audience uh, oh, who... Look at the, the maddest... Our listeners at home, uh, the Mad Scientist is holding up a just absolutely a beautiful woodland, a beautiful woodland scene. A woodland scene that may that, have been around for like, I don't know. 30 years and uh and these these are the tv trays that um that we have asked for to complement the grandma's couch studio there's only Um, one problem we put a lift kit on grandma's couch and now the tv trays are too short yeah we have like the math scientists can make this fix i I can totally fix that we are going to fix this um so a big thanks to phil uh uh, up in uh, new hampshire i believe right yes and um We've got some gear and merchandise that are going to head his way for uh, being a great supporter uh, of the show and ensuring that we got these. So on your left, there's a strap. There was. I see that on my left, but I'm not touching it yet. (laughs) No, pull pull it out. You want me? Yeah. He's he's scared. So you should love this. One of the one of these straps like a seatbelt. One of these were wrapped around the TV trays in the box, and there was a few other straps in there I, I, okay i totally think it's a gift for you i honestly don't know what it's for <laughs> well they're lifting straps these are liftings these are i these know are but actually i don't know why he put them in there because they're, they're because, great goodies because it's neil and we use serpy belts yeah yeah because otherwise so now we, we get use to use serpentine belts. belts yeah if you're on our youtube you should watch us we use yes. serpy belts these are actually like approved um uh, I'm ignoring. Webbing. I'm ignoring what you're saying because they're seatbelts. So this actually. So the, the <laughs> thing is, they're not right. So here's the thing for our listening a, audience. Jeff, does that not look these like are, a seatbelt? These are. Le- oh my god, you guys are the worst. <laughs> Doesn't that so, sewing look like a seatbelt? This is actually I mean, approved wrong. because it actually has. Um, it has our actual it, credentials. It, our, our, it's got a pen code credentials. In an accident, it has a vertical lift. 
It'll vertically uh, support 1,920 pounds, and and used as a choker, um, it'll actually... So would you use this to hang from the ceiling? 100% I could use this to hang from the ceiling. (laughs) I didn't say could you, I said would you. And would I? Yes. It's even made in USA, which... If you see the title to this uh, program, you're going to want to stick in there and listen to us because we are doing uh, a USA versus the world. Now, we're going to avoid a lot of the geopolitical yes, um, buzzwords. buzzwords and divisive nature of the – despite the, the title, what we're going to be discussing in the upcoming uh, couple-part series is going to be basically USA manufactured parts – uh, and and import parts, and that's going to be we're gonna we're gonna address it in two different ways. We're gonna address it from uh, the mothership manufacturing level, and talking about uh, what, why, when, and how with uh, OE produced product, and then uh, in our our follow up, you're gonna want to you know stick around or, or listen to the next episode. We're gonna be talking about more of the aftermarket uh, type products. As for something fun too, I found something. That is, Neil's going to lose his mind and might have to buy. And I'm going to come up with one of those for next week as well. Okay, but I'm going to come back to the fact that I am absolutely in love with this webbing strap. So well, I'm, it gets I'm gonna, better. I'm going to flip it on his head here. If that's a seatbelt, then we don't have to inspect it. If it's a lifting device, then we have to inspect it every so often. That's true. So and it's a seatbelt, right? It's a seatbelt. <laughs> wow, that changed really quick. Now, that was not the only goodie. Uh, I actually took one of our uh, studio equipment bags and hid some other goodies. I, I was so, going to say, I saw that for, bag sitting back here. and Well, it was, it was just with the other equipment, so you yeah, never would have thought anything, anything of, it. of it. But we did the unboxing video. Neil was out at lunch. Davey and I did the unboxing video to reveal these goodies when they came in last week. Uh, pretty excited about it. Scott was not here. Neil was at lunch, so neither of them know what's going on. You're right. And this is something we're going to have to try on air. Pass it along. Oh, Moxie. What is Moxie? Wow, Scott knows what it is. Why did you I was why not did you prepared hop, for Scott. I why thought, you I thought if, anything, if anything, I thought Neil would know. Davey has to come over here because there's a fourth can. Savage. So, so is it orange Moxie? That's the only thing I'm not sure of. I so, thought so. I know Moxie. I I thought that was just like a it's a certain type of soda or pop depending what? on your demographic. What are you? How do you know about this? I, I'm, I'm actually cultured. Darn it! Uh, <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> I don't know how you know about this one. See, I, I'm honestly surprised. That, so this go. is this is a drink that is in the New England states and yeah. and Pennsylvania does yeah. have it in some has, areas. Has some Moxie. Yes. So <laughs> I've got Moxie, everybody. But you've never so heard of what, it. Well, the question is, what flavor of soda do you think it is? I'm thrown by the orange on the can. This is not what I thought it was. So I'm, I'm, I'm now I'm wondering, is there all, multiple types of Moxie? I'm thinking it's like a like a Coke or a Pepsi. I, I thought it was a Coke or a Pepsi. I think it's a Coke or a Pepsi. Okay. At this moment, so you know, like it's like uh, should Cherokee I, Red. Should I you know say? What I mean? like, should I say what the research says it tastes like, or should no, we just taste no, it? No, no, we have to do an on-air no. taste test. And now, first of all, I just want to take. Go ahead. We can keep. We can crack open and cheers each other. But as I do that, I'm going to do a quick toast to our listening and viewing audience. So, so Dan, Dan is actually saying best soda ever. Daddy Jeep saying good morning. Darla said good morning, and then Daddy Jeep recognized that Savage is the on Savage air. Is so on for air. our listeners, and he's we brought him his... on air. His TV tray. He is using he's his. He's doubling t- it up. He's a lap, his lap tray. <laughs> I'm going to do a quick toast you to see how our. Is. 
I know. He, he, this is like the... the this is the excitement This couch. is the excitement couch over here. <laughs> These guys' emotional spectrum is about the size of an inch. So a quick toast to all of our listeners and followers on Facebook and uh, all of our social platforms and obviously all of the streaming platforms and podcasting. You are the people who make this business and our reach uh, so impactful. We thank you for the gifts and all of the cool stuff that you introduced to us and obviously to all the other listeners. Uh, cheers. Let's try this moxie yep. here. <laughs> now, now Neil finally has some moxie. I, buddy, I was born with moxie. Mm, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. That is good. Um, definitely a Coke product, it, it right? It says different on it, and it's definitely different. I don't think this is Coke. No. Well, I think it, this is... Is oh, it Dr. It Pepper? Is it, Coke. it is Coca-Cola. It's Coke. Coke has their fingers in everything. Oh, it literally says the Coca-Cola company. That's what I just said. <laughs> Well, yeah, but they can, they can, I think it's more like a Dr. Pepper. It's, it's, it's like, like a Coke and a pep and a, I'm going to go, I haven't had, I, I'm going to go with what I read online is accurate. It tastes like a root beer and Coke mixed together. Okay. Yes. There we go. That's, there was There's a, I knew there was a, a different of Dr. Pepper. I yeah. knew there was a There's a little more sweetness to it than you yeah. would have if you mixed just root beer and Coke. And Phil, thank That's you. actually really good. I, I love the fact that he shipped this to so us. So why is it in an orange can? That's what I want to know. Because it's Moxie, you don't have to explain yourself when you got Moxie, buddy. <laughs> distinctively different, Scott. Distinctively I, I know it's different. Distinctively different well, but I swear, I've seen it before, and it was not in an orange can. So I want, I, I want to know. More. I don't know. When I looked it up, this is what it was. Oh. Huh? Mandela effect, Scott. Mandela. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh my goodness. Well, what a what Stop a it. Savage right, Savage. Jer- Jerry's saying Moxie is unique with quotes it, and to enjoy. Well, that was really cool. Sounds like perfect for us. It is perfect for us. <laughs> or in other markets, it's odd. Yes. That's, that is what it comes I down identify to. Identify that. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, how how cool is that? Thank you so much. I love when people ship us the most unique things. You yes. know what I mean? That's really good. Um, as we got this, I feel like there was something else recently. I don't know. Well, there's um, been a lot of things. Yeah, well, a lot of Christmas. things. Christmas. Well, especially at Christmas. Um couple years ago we had people uh sending us stuff from different jeep shows around the country that was really cool definitely um oh we had one customer ship us uh like a beer from jeep beach yeah yep. with, with sand sand that yes. was the best yeah. florida, us sand. florida sand that was a lot of fun i actually took all that sand and i have it in a jar uh at as, home as you should and uh just a neat did, moment did you let the kids decorate the jar to no. recognize that it's florida sand no no i didn't it's a lost I keep opportunity to, to, well, I, it is i want to put for my them. shelf i want to put my shelf in uh over my desk and uh i'm gonna have it displayed there but anyways we're gonna we're gonna sip and enjoy this moxie did, did um, david like it he just walked off air i don't know yeah, I, think Savage did does. <laughs> I don't know he's, i don't know if he's excited i don't know if he hates it i, I, I <laughs> He was here. He's not. Here. He's not here for a long time. He's here for a good time. He's off. He's off camera. And he's like, well, you know, he throws his arms up. He has work to do. He has work to do. He's cutting up film for folks. He's, um, he's actually uploading some pictures for our Patreon. And, and I was talking about supporting. Uh, this business, you can be part of that as well, folks, and we do appreciate that. You're going to get a little uh, taste of where my current house build is going. The wife and I were out in, once again, the you know teens and 20-degree weather this weekend, uh, further siding it. It looks like a house. It's pretty cool. So You know what it almost kind of tastes like now? Like drinking Coke with a pack of Smarties mixed into it. Why? Why did you have do you, that? Have you ever done that? No. Who does that? Did you <laughs> do that? It, a but lot? That's what I'm mixing the in my head. Those no. Those are the two what? flavors. What 
Has anybody a at home mixed Coke and Smarties? That's no. Like, I, I, I haven't done it. Barely Jeff has done it. I have not done it. That's what it would, Lies. in my head, mix. Oh, That was no. not what I thought you were going to say. You mixed help us. So, <laughs> so <laughs> we've got folks who so got a new YouTube oh. video coming out. So if you're listening to this and you're one of the first, you know, the first few hundred downloads, you're going to know that... Um, uh, that the YouTube video will be shortly following because by the time this reaches your ear holes, uh, YouTube should be should be coming out as well, um, and you'll be looking forward to that. Patreons, you're getting a, a sneak peek on the house build uh, for my wife and I. Uh, additionally, we have a special project that we're launching uh, just for our Patreons to follow along with. Um, you'll get a teaser of that in this upcoming YouTube video, so you'll want to see that as well. But we are going to be talking about the USA versus the world in manufacturing. Before then, is there any good updates from you guys? Obviously, you heard a little bit about mine, but we'll save that for our Patreons. You guys, anything uh, anything turning the world on for you? Uh, now, Saturday, I had a, a big meeting I had to go to in the morning. That's why I wasn't here. Uh, that went well, even though it was you know an hour drive away in a blizzard. Yep. But the, the Jeep got me there and back safely. So that was all good. And then uh, Sunday, I actually just, uh, a friend that lives out of the area, but I hung out with a lot uh, younger days, called me up and says, hey, I'm around the corner. You available? I was like, sure. So his kids played with my kids and caught up and showed him the car. And other than really hurting uh, productivity, it was a good weekend. Now, I saw on your social kind of a cool, like a one-off piece being tooled out or something, I thought. Uh, oh, did you have somebody yes. lathing something out? Yes. I thought that was kind of interesting. So that that is, and I'm glad that you reminded me of that. So uh, we are on week uh, three and a half, four of the travesties of trying to put a fuel system on my flathead. And to put this in perspective, I'm putting it from the fuel pump that's on the back of the motor in the center of the intake to the carburetors. But that's not very far. That's not very that's far. That's not far at all. The gas tank is in. The, the line goes out of the tank into electric fuel pump, so I don't have to crank it for five hours to get fuel up okay. to the car, uh, up right. to the pump. Uh, that line from the that electric pump up to the mechanical pump is in and done. This is literally just connect the pump that's on the back of the motor to the two carburetors. Uh, he already had made me. Well, I just bought a standard off-the-shelf uh, fuel block from him, which has three eighths pipe input. Okay. And uh, quarter-inch pipe outputs. And it's important for our listeners at home, if this is one of your first time joining us, uh, the flathead actually is a dual carburetor yes. uh, setup, which if you don't know what that means, dual carburetors are cool in theory, yes. but rarely work the way that they were ever That's designed to. Be fine. Because... Uh, most people don't if one do carburetor is a pain in the butt. You need at least two. You need at least two to make you yes. double sad. Um, yes, but and if that makes you, you know, you're not quite satisfied, then you can do three, four, eight, uh, and continue on. Yeah, it's a terrible idea. <laughs> um, but but that's what you've chosen to go with. So yes. folks that know home, understanding that you're actually on almost a month of just trying to figure out how to plumb yes. these two carburetors. So this with is the, a mechanical this is the challenge. Uh, we don't have uh, old school hot rod shops in our area anymore or old school hardware stores in our area anymore. And there is a part store that's sort of that, but he literally closes at six o'clock and he's, you know, 
20 minutes from the shop and we get out at 5.30. So not making it there before he closes. Right, right. Uh, he has very short hours on the weekend, only on Saturday. Guess also what? Also when you work. We're, we're also when we work. <laughs> yep. And uh, so Thursday is my only day. And, and that, of course, gets packed with family stuff, family and... stuff and doctor's appointments and everything else. So I have not been able to go there. So I sent my wife on a mission. Uh, and, and this was fine because she is just about as much of a gearhead as I am. And right. I can explain things to her. And she understands what a fitting is and a fuel block and that kind of stuff. And she went in and and empowered with my knowledge of what we needed to do. And I, stupidity of me probably, but I want it to be clean. I want it to be a fitting that goes into the block, converts it from pipe to a double flare i want to run a little nicely made bent line if you guys don't know i that's one of my things i bend up really nice brake lines really nice fuel lines i want this to look deliberate thought out that goes from the pump to the block and i can't go from a quarter inch that's what the fuel line is on a 30s ford uh from the pump to three eighths pipe that does not exist without doing at least a adapter uh, huh. But maybe even two, which just makes it longer and more ugly, in my opinion. Uh, she did was able to get me the quarter to quarter uh, double flare fittings for the outlet. So that's easy peasy. So I, I've been uh, one of the nice things. The guy that makes these parts, uh, he's kind of befriended me. And he also has been in hot rod shops and that kind of stuff. Uh, he's a little bit older than we are. And he has the experience. So if I get into a, a, like, what do I do with this piece of metal situation? I can send him a picture and be like, WTF, what do I do now? Where is this guy located? Uh, he's in uh, New Jersey. Okay. That's what I thought. I, I, I gather this is an internet friend. Yes. That's what I thought. And uh, if you're on my social, you know, I had a, a little yes. testament to my internet friends as uh, well. We were, all, all of our We were cracking up followers. with that one. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, he, I mean, he was like, I have a hot rod. And I was like, I have a hot rod. We're friends. Oh, did we just become <laughs> best friends? <laughs> yeah, we did. That's literally what happened. So, uh, Anyway, I've been whining uh, to him about this, and he's like, I could literally just make you a one-off custom Scott fuel block that has quarter inlet, and then you can just use and the three-eighths outlet. Oh, no, just all quarter. Oh. oh get rid of the three-eighths. Oh. I was, like, oh, I was okay. like, but I don't really want you to have to do that. You know, like, I, I appreciate that you would do that for me, but... I don't want you to have to go to that extent for just sure. my whining. Uh, and I I finally caved after I do. the three and a half I do. I week do. mark. I do. And I uh, was like, I, I, white flag, I give up if you're still willing to make me a block. Pl- cool. Pl- please do. Uh, and, and put it in perspective, like he's working a regular nine to five. He's doing this on the side. He's starting out just like we did. Uh, he has a mantra that he wants to sell USA made high quality parts for a reasonable price. And, uh, you know, I really identify with his mission statement because that is cool. Literally what we sat around yeah, yeah. 12 years ago yeah. in this building that was empty and said, that's what we want to do. I, I couldn't agree more. So uh, I'm really cool. excited. He's also making me uh, special looms for the wire, spark plug wires and spark plug wires that look vintage but are new uh and he, his linkage is what's on the car like i'm trying to uh support him in yeah. this endeavor and use as many of his parts as i can uh he's even supposed to be making yet another part that he's not happy with because he's a scott 
type individual individual that so it's not quite up to snuff where he wants it to be but i really really want this product from him so i keep bothering him like hey <laughs> you, you know sell me those parts yet you can sell me those parts yet nice i, I know you're making those can, nice. can you sell me those yet so uh yeah go on my insta uh, find the posts go on look at his stuff share it with a friend share it with a buddy he's got said stuff cool 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 jeffrey if you have anything or i mean a lot of little things working on the nonprofit some more got some uh flyers pre-designed for a meeting next weekend uh for the committee to vote on if we're going to use those for advertising mm-hmm. uh picked out some different awards and, and trophies what is um, the date of the upcoming because it's april right april 19th yeah it's a it's a friday from 6 p.m to midnight voodoo brewing in erie on state street so it's, and the name of the 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 J- event is Jason Heberly's Memorial Open Mic Competition. That's right. And 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 if you've been following along or if you're just joining us, this is a, a fantastic um, nonprofit pursuit that Jeffrey has, uh, you know, br- kind of with with some family uh, brought into existence. Family to, and some friends. Uh, sure. Um, the the fun part is that the board does not have any family members on the board. Right. Right, it's right, all right. non-family on the board just to follow with IRS regulations and, and recommendations. Right, but there was the, the vision started. The vision right? started and with family. To, to memorialize um, your family member, yes. right? And that's that's what I was hoping to share with our listeners. Absolutely. So, um, <clears throat> and and that's coming up. It's coming know? up and, uh, you know, starting to get into the, the nitty-gritty stuff, you know, figuring out security, figuring out all the, all the little details. Sure. Um, so that's our, our next meeting. Sunday is we're actually doing it at Voodoo in the afternoon to start hammering out some of those finer details and, cool. and prepare more, um, more fun on the laser. We, we Kristen was making some bookmarks, uh, wooden bookmarks, really cool, uh, kind of fantasy inspired swords mm-hmm. for the kids for their books. And, uh, she's kind of a book nerd herself. So I thought, well, if she's going to keep making these different custom bookmarks, she needs somewhere to put them in. So I made her a book box. Out of a twelve by twelve sheet of plywood, and on the laser, we were able to. I was able to design it and do a AI graphic of a, a fantasy novel style graphic on the yeah, front with dragons yeah. and the you know the the knight with the sword kind of thing um, engraved on the front of it. And the book actually opens, and it's a box, and it's got a slide lock to keep the the cover closed. Huh. And the laser was able to, much like the the piano that I was showing before, where yeah. it's got the curved wood to it, it allows it to look like it has a binding on a book where it actually folds open and closed. Yeah. That's cool. That is really cool. I can't wait to see some pictures on your social or something, you know? A yeah. um, couple comments that came in, right? So, Roy Hill, good morning. Um, and I see Kristen says something. She was talking about where kids get it from with uh, the comment with the Smarties and the Coke. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I don't know anything about that. Oh, my goodness. So, anyways... And then what's Daddy Jeep's asking, have you guys seen anything about the 24 Hours Appalachian Adventure? I'm looking forward to running the Dub J in that. So uh, Rob knows the answer to this uh, already, I feel like, because he knows that I know about it. And um, he's leading you. He's leading me. Right. <laughs> it's a leading question. Uh, and for our listeners at home or, or folks who are, are tuned in, you know, uh, you know, with us uh, watching along. This is a, uh, a first time event. By an individual um, in, <laughs> he said maybe, <laughs> um, an individual you know in the West Virginia area with the expectation to create um, sort of an ultimate adventure esque 
run. Uh, basically, <clears throat> the the idea is that it is um, 600 miles, roughly speaking, in 24 hours. It kind of starts at one one corner of West Virginia runs to the other, kind of kind oh, of in okay. a diagonal. Um, I got turned on to it because of Rob Morgan, honestly. And uh, I started to fall down the rabbit hole. And if you don't know, just this is your this is your fair warning. If you're going to follow me on Facebook, I'm going to know everything about you and your kids. I'm going to forget your birthday, but I'm going to know everything else. And uh, that's just how it works with me. Okay, <laughs> so so this is this is realistically what happens. I, I then fall down the rabbit hole of um, the event, the event organizers, um, and kind of understanding. Uh, my own weights and measures of whether or not that I think that this is an event that has the foundational uh, principles to continue to develop, grow, and become uh, more, right? And I got to tell you, folks, from an outside voyeur knowing nothing about the – at the organizational level, I do think that this is this is the real deal and that it would benefit people – uh, to become involved in it. Challenges with it. I think it's a tough time of year for me specifically. Um, uh, from a business perspective, Q1 is challenging in itself. Um, when when is this coming up? It is. It should be the, gosh, um, the first weekend of February. It is the same uh, weekend as 10 Mile for 2 Mile Starlight Ride, uh, which if you're in our... Local geographic listening audience, which puts us at a three to five hour market radius, um, you know, so that that Toledo, Detroit to Buffalo to Pittsburgh, which is what we specifically encounter um, the 10 mile for two mile starlight ride is a very cool, well supported uh, endeavor here, which I also am interested in potentially participating in. Um, Rob is saying it is uh, the third and fourth, third and fourth. And that is the 24 hours Appalachia. I actually really was interested in doing that for my own uh, personal professional reasons. I don't know that I can take the time uh, to do the, you know, to do the entire run, but you know, I what, think you that, know what else is February 3rd? What else is February 3rd? February 3rd is when we're having a project drop off. That's a really exciting upcoming build. We'll be back after a quick break. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business, or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step -step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step -step guide to starting your podcast today. Oh, yes, that's going to be one for the for the the YouTubes. Absolutely. And the 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 lives, the Facebook lives, right? Um and it is also the same time as KOH. Oh. Uh which if you're on the west or if you're just kind of in a purveyor of our off-road as a sport industry, uh, you're going to be really consumed with KOH, and we do have a number of people within our our local three to five hour you know radius that are traveling out for KOH, and or you know totally involved in it. So that's the for me the biggest challenge with uh, 24 hours Appalachia. But I actually um, 
I'm really excited about it, and I and I want to wish them success in the process. Uh, it, I'll be honest with you, to garner my attention on a first level, first annual type of event, and for me to be like, "Yo, I think you got something good going on here." Um, I've you, been doing you this. You checked a couple boxes. You checked a couple boxes. Yeah, you know, it's just the reality situation. And um, if I had professionally other endeavors, because I'm not going to be at KOH, I've done ten mile for two mile. Um, though I love them and I wish them the best of success. And I would love for one of you guys to go do that event. I was really jazzed up on, on the 24 hours Appalachia because it's, um, I think it's cool and it has a, a lot of potentiality. So nice. Um, good luck with that, Rob. And I wish you the best in the, uh, the dub J. Well, I, I look forward to process. seeing his video content on it. I know I, he'll have some good YouTube for footage. sure. For sure. So we got to get you know, to our topic. Well, well, before we get to the topic. You talking about checking boxes? Yes. Jeep has checked another box for 2024. Oh, yep. And mm-hmm. I think, uh, and that is it. Just got announced on, I believe that was Friday. It was the 18th. Davey. And papers are sitting over there. He can't hear you. <laughs> so, anyways, he's offset. It's all on Jeff's shoulders at this point. Jeep Wagoneer S. Yes. yes. And that is going to be an all electric. Wagoneer. It's the first all-electric Jeep to market. And and they're trying to uh, touch on the sad passing of all the Hellcats off into the sunset. And so they're saying it is going to be 600 horsepower. Yeah. So to try to get your attention of don't don't mourn them too long. Right. Come come over here. Come over here. Come and, over and, to the and, dark side, and, and we've got the electric. Look at this shiny thing. And, and not only the shiny thing, uh, the the concept of it, if it comes to fruition is actually it looks really aggressive from the front at, mm-hmm. especially in the night view because it's got the illuminated seven slot grill mm-hmm. and that light kind of continues from headlight over to headlight just illuminating a nice stripe across it looks really cool oh, i'm sure it does hey, jeep jeep has got a, a great marketing plan in place right now mm-hmm. um they're really following it through i additionally and we might end up talking about this in a few weeks, um, but I feel like they were very intentional in some of the marketing that I just saw released, which has all of their um, hybrid vehicles out playing in the snow. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, and now, you know, as I was talking about this with my family, my mom was like, well, because it's winter. And I was like, yeah, I, I get that because it is winter and we want to show that they are capable in the winter. But the cold front that just gripped the nation uh, largely, you know, showed a a weakness within our uh, our, our all electric models. Yeah. In the sense that our current productions, we had something as simple as door handles icing over. Yeah. The right? Tesla door yeah. handles that are built into the door and they right. couldn't open them, which are yeah. super fun when you're in Las Vegas and they just kind of pop out at you. Yeah. And yes. it's hot and dry and everything's. But when there's know, a, a layer of ice over it, you're pounding on the door trying to break it open. Definitely problematic. Um, but something from as simple as that to the battery life discharge um, yeah. or, or part capacity. Um, as one of the residents within the uh, Jeep 4xE hybrid community uh, on uh, the social social forums. Uh, there was recently a question about uh, discharge and recharge of the lithium-based batteries that we are seeing in Jeeps. Um, so first of all, and, and and if you've followed our podcast long enough, understand that I've had uh, just about every uh, dyno-based 
combustion engine, right? I love diesels. I love V8s. I literally have, you know, the limo, which is running a LT1, high horsepower LT1 currently. I have the diesels. I have old, uh, inefficient uh, L heads and F heads, yep. right? And I couldn't be any more excited about electric technology coming. So understand I'm here for um, it all per se. Um, but ultimately, the uh, electric platforms um, that they're showcasing on these are intended to be the stepping stone for the, the winters from the all electric to, you know, to allow that these the lithium batteries are not the bad guy that everybody thinks they are. Right. You know what I mean? Um, the cost of replacing uh, lithium batteries uh, at this point, and this is kind of where I was starting with uh, my electric interest, is the same as like replacing a old school diesel engine that's run away in the cold. Right. Um, so there's these, these, these stepping stones that we have to take. And I think that Jeep is very intentional with how they're releasing their electric hybrid technology right now. Yeah. Um, I agree. And showcasing it. I so, agree. Uh, with that, that's actually not a bad transition organically into USA versus the world. Yep. And granted, we've spent a good bit of time talking about our updates and our other interests. So we're just going to tease this a little bit um, for the next 20, 25, 30 minutes. Yep. And, and then you'll have to tune in again next week as we expand upon uh, what this looks like. This is specifically at a manufacturer's level. Yep. We have talked... Um, aftermarket vendors at length. And so uh, our goal here is to talk about um, USA-based products. Yep. Um, <clears throat> we're going to discuss today uh, Mopar, mm -hmm. right, and Mopar performance, uh, what we know of it, what we've done a little bit of, uh, the, the mad scientist has done a little bit of digging on. And then next week, we're going to get into the aftermarket parts that, you know, that when you open up, you know, your local parts rag or you're scanning the, the internet or you're, you're juggling or whatever, you know, might come, you know, you're looking for bumpers, what you're going to see there. Yep. So we're going to kind of lay the, the foundation with, with the mothership and how uh, choices have been made from a top-down model at the original equipment manufacturing level, OEM. Yep. And then we're going to get into the consumer uh, manufacturing level. So what do you what do you got for Mopar performance and its history, if you will? So uh, first off, I feel like we have to define Mopar, and they say it was the M O from motor and the P A R from parts. And uh, kind of put in context, this is back in 1937 when we had Chrysler, DeSoto, Plymouth, Dodge. Uh, multitude of different marks under one umbrella and you wanted to have uh, an aftermarket but not aftermarket part supplier and they actually started off with antifreeze really Mopar so, antifreeze that's that is the stuff you didn't think you needed to know from scott anyway i am blown away <laughs> he said you would be i i am blown away so, i am so, so jacked I, up that's because i am a, a car guy and you know started in the hot rod Voyeurship. I felt we also had to pay homage to uh, direct connection. And some people will probably be like, I know what that is. And some people are going to yeah. go, what is that? Uh, direct connection started out in 1974 and it was uh, a parts 
like valve covers and uh, parts kind of for your muscle car. I can I can picture the logo. I can yep. picture the the throwback T-shirts. I've yep. never understood fully what it was. Correct. And that's why I wanted to bring it up as part of this because we we need Who to connect owned direct connection. Direct that- connection is basically AC Delco for. Uh, Mopar for Mopar, or so so AC Delco for GM. Yes, right. And so it's valuable to think, and I, I don't want to spend tons and tons of times in history back in the 30s. Yeah. But realistically, uh, the, the aftermarket parts wasn't really a thing. You had a local Correct. parts store. Correct. Um, but you you weren't you weren't accessorizing vehicles the way Correct. that we are now. And basically, and each one was kind of platform specific. And I was actually surprised it was 74 because I thought this would have been really in the hot seat and the boom of uh the muscle car era like 68 69 67 kind of area but basically what you had happen is you suddenly could then go and buy a hemi equipped four speed dual carburetor performance machine from your dealership right and somebody went and bought a slant six model and was like the spoiler on that is really cool. Yes. Or the hood is really cool. I don't need the Hemi. I don't need the Hemi. I want to make it look like that. So they went right. into their dealer and they're like, well, of course we can sell you a hood. Of course we can sell you the hood pin kit for the fiberglass hood. We can do all this kind of stuff. And they were like, huh, maybe we should supply those parts in a easy to digest scenario. Sure. And, and it's not just uh, a Chrysler or a Mopar scenario. Uh, AMC also had uh, a special Group 19 catalog in the 60s that had four barrel intakes and the same kind of race prep kind of situation. So I think it's valuable to say that <clears throat> throughout, as long as vehicles have existed, there was a level of, we're going to call it aftermarket manufacturing, right? but it was all, uh, simply aftermarket just means after the vehicle has come to market, correct? Right from the manufacturer themselves, uh, that is the market. They 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 build it in the plant. It goes on to the transport, however yep. that is, train, truck, um, or or otherwise, and uh, then it comes to market. After that, anything you put on after it is aftermarket. Yep. Um, in the beginning, we just had dealerships. And the, you know, the primary parent manufacturer Correct. supplying parts realistically. That was about it. And then a random farmer who would do some fun, you know, bending of steel and putting Correct. on a bumper or fairing or yep. tuning up a motor. You know, Cooter from uh, Dukes yeah. of Hazard. Yes. Right? So yeah. back in the dark days, and I remember going to my local dealership and being sad that I was a Jeep guy and they didn't have anything for me other than a Jeep hat and a Jeep shirt. Yeah. And... Uh, there, it literally was a. I found a listing from back in the archives of a Mopar Performance-ish uh, Chrome overlay for a YJ grill. That was about yes. as exciting as yes. we got. Is, oh my gosh, that's so! Is you see that Laredo on the on the the lot that has that pretty gr- Chrome grill? Well, we can sell you that for your base model. Yes, and, you are and, absolutely and, right. And it was like mud flaps and and that kind of stuff, which was not Chrome exciting then. What's that? I said Chrome was king then. It's, and some so, people say it still is. But anyway. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> so then I was hoping that maybe closer to the Rubicon, you know, release that it would have had some of that. But I think they were still kind of heads in the sand. Why do we need to have uh, You know what? According parts? to some of our friends in Toledo <laughs> or who, who home-based out of Toledo before they want, have gone on, 
Absolutely. Yeah. That the, that the, the upper level executives were focused so largely on, on Dodge, yep. uh, as it's Dodge and Chrysler as the flagship, yep. that Jeep was always just second fiddle in the conversation, despite the fact that the, you know, the Jeep Wrangler had some of the highest potential yes. for return. So I wasn't ready for when <clears throat> Jeep performance parts actually started. Okay. Or um, JPP for, uh, for an acronym. Two, your- 2010, 12. 97. No. 2012. 12. That's what 12. I thought. I was there. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We watched it happen. Yeah. I was I was expecting the way you said it that it was like a, it started no. a long no. time before anybody knew. So no. it's important it to a- say for, for the Jeffs out there that the Rubicon came out in 03, so 97 would have been pre-Rubicon. Yep. Uh, and they were still solidly in, the, in their heads in the sand in 03 because it was a novelty. We're, we weren't even sure that Rubicon was going to make it past the inductory year. Now, now it's important to note, and I know we And I kind of felt like the performance parts would have came before the Rubicon. That's also why I'm I thought I'm with that. you, right? But so, the issue is that um, Mopar Underground comes before that, uh, yeah. loosely defined. What was the name of those guys? God, for the love of me. Yeah. Oh, oh, Jerry's going to chime in and tell uh, us. Yeah, a, please. I, it's there, right at the tip of my tongue. Anyways, I, I that think comes were, first. So you had the gr- group of engineers that were for the mothership that went out and actually used their Jeeps, and they were kind of looked at kind of weird uh, from all the other non-enthusiasts, and they loved it so much, they literally made little shirts and insignia yes. and that kind of stuff. And they are who made the Rubicon happened because you kind of had the big wigs. The, the story I remember reading in JP as a young man and, and just loving it was that they used to go out and use the Jeeps more for PR than anything. And they would go this one time or a couple times, they would try to go to the Rubicon Trail and they outfitted TJs with lockers and a 401 and didn't tell the big wigs. And they were able to go further down the trail and do more with the trail. Are you juggling? I am absolutely juggling. I can uh, even see that little thing on the shirt, but excuse me. Anyway, um, that's kind of where it started. Um, and in 2012, they really hit it hard. Uh, and, and I thought this was important because this is something as an enthusiast, I didn't realize I, you automatically think, well, because we need Jerry to save you. Cause you're still juggling. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, for our listeners at home, and for my own obsession right now, this was like these guys are are it's a, fantastic. It's Mandela effect. Here. It's, no, it's not the Mandela effect. <laughs> but the reality, also, the challenge is because because ultimately these guys pushed the OE level yes. forward, right? Yes, they did. Um, not just at the engineering level, uh, like Bruce and and Grandpa Lowell and and that and, yes. and Jerry. They were part you know? of it. They were part of it, but there was actually like a, a, a namesake that these guys called themselves. Formidable uh, foursome. Nope. Nope. Okay. Well, that's part of it. I know. I know. I'm with you. Anyways, we got yeah. to keep moving on this, and that's going to drive me nuts. So instead. it's important to note that these products that are sold under Jeep Performance does not mean that they actually are produced in a Chrysler facility. They are factory-backed, quality-tested, includes axles, lift kits, bumpers, winches, skids, suspension components, etc. So what that means is they go and they say, okay, these winch manufacturers are producing this product. Who do we want to align ourselves with? Who have we worked with previously? Uh, Those, you know, me and Neil will know if you don't know. Warren has been with Jeep for a minute. You could go back with your, you know, 
85 CJ7 and buy a worn AMC pro performance winch. It'll from say the Jeep on the It'll say on Jeep the on, on the winch even. But it is a worn. Uh, and likewise, you could get them with your uh, hard tops. Back in the '60s and '70s, were produced by Meyer, the same company that does Meyer plows. Yep, uh, they knew how to bend and move sheet metal around, so yep. they were making uh, a form of a, a, a cabin closure. You would for go you. to your dealer and buy a Meyer plow for your Jeep, so it was just a natural connection. Yep. Uh, so any which way, you know, obviously the winches are worns. Uh, suspension components have changed over the years. Who, what manufacturer has worked with them? Obviously, they're using Fox Shocks uh, up till currently ish. I don't yeah, know up exactly. Up till recently. Up till recently. Yeah. Um, There's been a big shakeup in the aftermarket industry, and, and Fox yes. and Mopar uh, have parted ways just recently. Uh, and one of the cool things is because it is worked so closely with the OE, uh, and we know a little bit of this because of our connection with Dana. They have technology and information that, say, another manufacturer does not have because they are building and making stuff for them already. Yes. So they have the files. They have the technology. They have the knowledge base. And it's not too hard to be like, well, I built this axle for the production version. And if I tweak the thickness here and I made this bracket a little bit different or I did that there because I am an enthusiast and I go out and use my Jeep, it would be better. Right. So now I just need to make those changes, make it a different part number, and talk them into selling it. Yes. And you can literally buy uh, a Dana crate axle from your dealership. You can. Uh, you can obviously also buy them straight from Dana or, or from us, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. And the uh, advantage with the, the Mopar parts at this point, or the Jeep performance parts, is that in theory, yep. uh, at one point in time, the, the theory was that you were supposed to be able to finance that into the purchase price yes. of your vehicle. Yep. Yes. And, and you do get, uh, you know, there's rumor mill online, and it really, it's point by point basis, but I'll bring it up anyway, is some people believe because it's a Mopar part number, you then can get through the warranty you know kind of stage of okay well i put that part on but it's okay because you guys put your stamp of approval on it right uh which is and isn't a, a thing yeah i think the the biggest piece if we were to talk about warranties through the dealership is it's incredibly subjective to the dealership itself yes correct that's just what it comes down to it, it's really the relationship it you be. have right it shouldn't be but, but it's that still is, old school in that regard. it is still old school enough to say that the dealership kind of dictates how they how they pursue warranties for you the consumer yep. yep so finally the most exciting part what part did i think neil really needs for a, his jlu any guesses? Um, a Jeep performance part for, yep. for the JLU? Yep. Um, You're going to be like, why don't I own this? Mm, I think he's going to be making a phone Supercharger. No. No. No, it's it's under $100. What? What? <laughs> and it's a it's a Mopar performance part? A Jeep it is. performance part? It is. Uh, and, and I have to have a clarification. Uh, Mopar, I see you. The only performance catalog I could find was from 22. 
Yes, we're I, in twenty-four. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna say, if you come back and tell us that it's the Mopar badge of honor, I'm gonna. No. I'm just gonna end the show. No, <laughs> no. I, but the nerd in me really thinks that's cool and would totally take one. Uh, that's right up there with the wooden box that the lift kit comes that's in. That's right. I don't even really want the lift kit. I just want the wooden box. Right. Why is I, that not a part number? I agree. Why is that not a part number? <laughs> I just want to buy the crate. Right. They would probably sell a bunch of those crates. They would. Yeah. I, I know plenty of people that have installed the lift kits and then sold the crates. So yeah, anyway. Right. Well, I don't know what part. What part he got? So he he guessed. What's, what's your guess? Yeah, I, I I just said it. Better not be the badge. That's that was my that's, guess. That's so, so weak, Jeff. For under a hundred bucks. So weak. You just said you would put it on yours. No, I wouldn't put it on mine because I'm never going to do this to mine. This is totally a nihilism. Oh my gosh! What, what, <laughs> this I, part is a nihilism. Oh yes. my gosh! I I am this, so excited. This is made for Neil. A windshield tie-down straps. They literally have hooks, metal hooks, oh. that go up into the windshield frame with this special webbing, and you tie down your windshield. So when you're windshield down off-road. On your JLs. And I want you, everybody to know right now, when the JL was teased in uh, 18, early 18, right? Because yes. there was a I, controversy. I actually watched um, Mark Allen go. He was, he was out. Uh, he was out at EJS or out wherever, yeah. and um, he was with a couple other uh, folks, and they were doing a photo shoot, and they literally folded talked, the down. They folded the windshield down. They talked about these additional parts yeah. that you could purchase. So I have the part number. Oh my god! <laughs> I doubt. I doubt that anybody has them. The part number eight two two one five seven one seven, and they are twenty nine dollars. There's no AA no. or AB because they're special. It hasn't been uh, superseded yet. Hasn't been superseded, right? They are twenty nine dollars and sixty cents per the twenty two catalog. I see you, Mopar. Where's my twenty three catalog? Oh my goodness! So, <laughs> I so think for it's... twenty thirty bucks, thirty dollars, you, you can have your and they look like something he would use to climb with. They're serious. Oh, they are serious. There's there's not just like this little like I remember seeing on the YJ. I would part out or a TJ this little little strap with like this it looks like it should be on my backpack from high school clipper thing that would hold right. the windshield down. No. These things are, are meant for business. Like, you could probably go 60 miles an hour, but the windshield yeah. would not come up. And uh, they what they did when they did this video is they wheeled, they, sh they did a montage of just a real short little wheeling, and then they said, but the coolest thing is, like, you know, basically, like, a testament to, like, the Neils, yes. you know? Um, and the Ken Nova cells. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to nod yes, to Ken. Yes, Ken is in there, too. Um and uh, they said, because uh, honestly, Ken gets a little more gets a little more rep than I do. Because yeah. I mean, he folds his his TJ windshield down all constantly, the time. all the time. Yes. Um, but uh, they actually said, and this is kind of a throwback for our, our Jeep purists, because obviously the JK platform was designed. You you could you could fold the windshield down, but It'd it looked take goofy. Two hours to do it. It it took forever. It looked goofy. It, it wasn't actually fit. Yeah. It, it wasn't meant it, it to is, be done crazy easy to do on a jl it's super crazy to do and so uh they walk around the back and they pulled out uh, a little toolkit and they said this toolkit will also it's it will come with your standard little yeah it's what you uh, use to take your hard top off hard top your down, doors off but they had an extra little toolkit and they <coughs> said this will be available uh through the parts catalog as well and then here's these extra and the straps were a part of that or, or next to it or something i remember yeah it's so funny that yeah. you brought I saw that up. it literally showed a picture and i was like <gasps> That's a nihilism. Oh my gosh! Yes, and I think it's valuable to note, folks, that that we think of the manufacturers in this kind of um, kind of a significant financial research development. You know that they're really 
polished and established. And and maybe from the actual production vehicle standpoint, they do have to be, right? Yes. Millions of dollars in research and development. 100%. Uh, millions of dollars in, in, in potential refinement at the factory and the, and the installation the instruction day, level. The guys doing it are just you and me. They're just enthusiasts. They're, they're just enthusiasts, and you'll probably be surprised how many of them are. Uh, maybe they aren't necessarily... You know, say that the guy works at Jeep, but he's actually into drag racing as Challenger or something. Sure. But he's still an enthusiast. He still uses that car or that vehicle for something else than just driving to the grocery store. Right. They are, they are, you know, to a degree, motorheads as well. And yep. and so it's interesting that they saw um, an opportunity to start getting into the market, but because of the uh, delicacy between them what they actually make, so their spring rates and their control yes. arm lengths and so on and so forth, uh, the earliest Jeep Performance parts were actually manufactured by existing in the state's manufacturers. Yep. And at that time, there were certain qualifications that uh, you had to adhere to to be recognized, and then Jeep would come in and they say, "Hey, we're going to buy a tractor trailer load of these parts." Yep, and you brand them our, as such. Our name on them, our logo on them, um, and, and and people don't realize that. Like, and some of these are actually uh, special editions. We'll have these parts installed from the factory. Yes, and we've literally had customers come in that will have this upgraded part, and they're not aware of it. They right. just they just like the Jeep on the lot. They bought it. And then they go online and they say, okay, I need all these parts because these people told me so. And I and more than once have been like, well, you see this part you bought and you want me to install, uh, look at your tailgate. It already has that on there. It's actually a better part. See how it says Jeep on it and this one says a different name? That's literally the only difference. Right. And, and they're like, huh. That's that's legit. And, we've had and, that in tailgate uh, hinge upgrades. We had it in headlights. Yes, um, well, a couple times. We've had it with lift kits because uh, early on, uh, JK lift kits were uh, actually kind of small and yeah. um, kind of slowly. They got into they it. did that. Jeep Chrysler, you know, Mopar Performance kind of dipped their toes in. They utilized manufacturers. Um, uh, if you're unaware, AEV is right in the backyard of uh you know jeep production yeah uh, so is america's most wanted uh four by four so they obviously a lot of people know them for their tons and hemi swaps um they're kind of all right in the backyard there's a hotbed of of manufacturing that is surrounding the plants themselves right um from you know from mommy oh uh, mommy ohio toledo to detroit where um, there's companies that are manufacturing yeah. parts for the uh, for the OE, so the original equipment aftermarket, yeah. and um, and and also the shops then who operate outside the constrictions uh, or restrictions of the motherships, right? And so that could be at Ford, or that could be at GM, or that could be at, at Jeep Chrysler. Um, those shops have a little more of carte blanche to experiment, to push the bounds yeah. a little bit. Yep. And then basically and, the best of those parts, they can now, at this point, since 2012, go to Jeep and be like, hey, uh, you know, we're playing golf and we're talking about stuff. And, hey, I just came out with this really cool accessory, and I think you guys would like it. And they go in and they analyze and they look at the metrics. 
and they put their stamp of approval on it, and now they can then sell it as a performance part. And that's right. why we have the tailgate upgrade, hinge upgrade that looks like a different one, and you can buy the Dana axles after you market, but through Jeep. And there's little differences, like the diff covers are a little different. And, there are. Uh, they're in special marketing uh, things. So if you're a nerd like me <laughs> that likes to have a theme with a vehicle, uh, you can go crazy the only restrictions is your checkbook to outfit your vehicle. Yeah, and that's obviously was their goal was they saw uh, other aftermarket manufacturers uh, getting some of that market share. And Jeep said, hey, you know what? Our customer base is already going to do this. Yes. Um, maybe we can provide them the same caliber that they come to expect from the rest of the vehicle. Yep. Um, but that they can actually roll that right into the financing package of uh, their initial purchase price of the vehicle. Now, well, I that's would, that's where the recon Jeeps came from. It's 100% where the, the, the extreme yeah. recons, um, any of the high tide packages, yep. any of those cool packages that they've offered are exactly are exactly that they're going hey you might not be inclined to go work with sfj 4x4 because you live you know somewhere in some you know uh, familiar you know timbuktu that you're not aware of them um and so we're gonna we're gonna upfit this for you right yeah. and that's ultimately all jeep is doing is that um it looks pretty on the dealership lot somewhere in 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 Nebraska, yeah. and somebody drives by and says, "Hey, you know what? I'm not going to send that all the way across the country for a lift well, kit, gears, well, and on tires." On top of that, they're, they're paying for convenience, so the parts that are on there are not the cheapest date to do this. Sure, uh, you are paying for the Jeep badge, you are paying for the research, and the confidence that you th believe. Correct. Uh, you can get it through other places. Hint, hint. Uh, cheaper. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and well, and people and, like me, I, I like to have the look and the functionality of that, but be able to save money on it. Yeah. And what we'll talk about next week, and you're going to want to jump back in, is is the quality standards that we have here manufacturing within the states versus our import products. That's not yeah. to say that all import products are bad. Yes. And that's what's it's really a valuable. Time and a place. When right when we use that that vernacular to say USA versus the world it is the idea that we can get uh, decent import products. They're not all the same. There are, some are better than others. Mm -hmm. And you can get crappy products made here in the States. And really it's model by model specific. It, and as the older we go uh, model wise, it kind of shifts. It does. And, and like the JK, it's you're going to see this shift where uh, we currently have a Jeep on property that has some really cool high flares that were a Mopar performance accessory. And you sort of can't find them now. They're, well, they're kind of phased out. They sort of are, sort of not. The other thing that's important to note is you don't always get what you pay for. And, yeah. and that's kind of the... Or you, in case in point, in that, that uh, accessory that that customer bought twice, you don't know what you're buying or not cor buying. Correct. Well, there's that. And then, like, there are some products that you believe are U.S. made that are now import. Yes, and you and, have, and that can also change in the time it's sold. And you're you're paying for the the U.S. price, but you're getting an import product. Yeah. And we're gonna unpack all of that for you next week. It will be a doozy. You're not gonna want to miss it by any stretch of the imagination. And what am I gonna pick for Neil next week? I love it. Something good. <laughs> Thank you so much uh, to Phil for his uh, generous. 
you know, uh, giving us all the moxie. Giving us all the moxie there we to go. start the week. Our awesome TV trays. Uh, my approved seatbelt. Seatbelt lifting strap. <laughs> That's right. And um, and all of our other listeners and followers who have done such a fantastic job of supporting this business. Check out our Patreon page for updates um, on the special project that we're that we're going to be doing here through the summer. Uh, obviously, the house build, some other goodies there. And obviously, we've got a new YouTube video coming uh, this, you know, landing this Friday. So, you know, make sure you're on the lookout for that. Share it with your friends and family. Get those subscriptions up and uh, make sure you're passing the good message of SFJ 4x4. Uh, we sincerely appreciate it. Until next time, Jeep on. Jeep on. Jeep on. Jeep on.